When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Dr. D here, popping in just to tell you about our friendly neighborhood painting gallery. The Painting Gallery with No Name is a friendly painting competition to encourage accountability to that pile of shame. At the end of the season, praise and prizes will be given out as a reward. At the end of the season, the Fury's Finest Discord will vote on two winners. These winners will get a prize, and then we will raffle out additional prizes to the remaining participants. We will announce the winners on the show and celebrate one of the best parts of the hobby. This season's theme is an Asgardian. MCP, 3D printed, or a Marvel board game will all count as long as they follow this theme. Remember, take a picture of your unpainted or lightly painted model, then paint the heck out of it. Take four photos of your freshly completed masterpiece and send us all five photos to furypainting at gmail.com by October 3rd to submit your entry. Make sure your five pictures have your name on the file so we know who to send the prizes to. Good luck and have fun. I speak for everyone when I say we are excited to see what you managed to paint. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate You call on such lost creatures to defend how desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. To bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Furious Finest, a podcast about the discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, I am doing fantastic. I think... My X-Force list is about to have a new three-threat trying to uh, strong-arm his way, or maybe I should say burn his way into the list, huh? That's right. Burn, baby, burn. Jim Hammond is is a nutso character and uh, Mm -hmm. a super boring character lore-wise. Oh my gosh. Legitimately. Turns out when you're an android of a generic kind of guy, I mean, there's not a lot there, you know? There's a reason... Yeah, with the 1960s and 70s comics code to uh, keep you keep you on track and to make sure you don't lead the kids astray. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's but you know some right. writers have done some interesting things with him, so it, it it'll be okay. We got to talk a little bit about this card, about this kit, Jesse, just a little bit. Yeah, we do got to talk about him, Chris. And interesting thing, right off the gate, he is a three threat character, and he's a little bit of the one of those gambit type characters. He's kind of a glass cannon, and that's interesting. Yeah. That's going to be kind of his thing. He absolutely is. He doesn't have a ton of range, uh, of course. So he's going to be living in that in-between, kind of like Gambit does. And I've been playing Gambit games lately, and I'm starting to kind of get the hang of that. So I'm excited to try that out with this character for the emulates he can put out. It's 
Yeah. Nuts. Incinerate's everywhere, right? And I just, think one of the coolest things about his character is just this built to build around incinerate towards so enemies cool. and towards his like kit, you know? I think we just got to talk about his superpowers, how he's immune to incinerate and he has flight. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, he brings something kind of interesting to the game. It's kind of an inverse of blade here. Controlled burn. When this character ends in advance, it gains one power for each character within, within two of it with the incinerate special condition. So this oh, is man. like blades bleed. But inversely, what's cool here is that, uh, you know, no objective in the game gives bleed yet. Demons downtown gives incinerates. So yep. there's just a lot of interesting things going on here that he can kind of build around not only the way he's going to do the things he wants to do, but uh, crises, you know? Oh, we got demons downtown. Well, if Jen Hammond's in my 10, I'm strongly considering him now, right? To bring on this list. Well, the fact that you can controlled burn is within two and his Nova burst spender i mean albeit it's it's a spender for one but it is a Mm -hmm. beam two i don't know man it's just it seems pretty cool i could see him being a very interesting kind of uh last first activation which not not happening a ton for three threats but he seems like he might be pretty good for that well, in my mind immediately goes to, too, the fact that we know he's in shield, but we don't know where yet else he is, activation-wise. Right. And my thinking, too, with him being a shield player these days is throwing in my shield list and using him as a first-type character, like you said, set up all these incinerates, and then, you know, shield's a defensive gunline faction, so... Everyone's incinerated because he went early. Mm-hmm. And now Fury Senior, Fury Junior, Hawkeye, Iron Man, the Grunts, they're all just shooting and um, really getting a swing turn. Getting a swing turn. It's a crazy thing. And talking about a swing turn, Chris, he has his own special version of All Webbed Up where mm. it's his named character card. And I think another reason if you're playing him, you might consider this in your 10 strongly because All Webbed Up's good. This is a different version. This is everyone gains incinerate. And then there's the added bonus of if you attack these models this round that are incinerated, just like with web all webbed up, if you attack these models that are slowed, you get a dice proc. If you attack these models that are incinerated with specifically energy weapons, that's kind of the reigning it in part. I like that. You get additional dice added to your attacks. So it's just a huge swing turn for you mid game, maybe where he drops that version of all webbed up with fire <laughs> on everybody, but you got to use energy weapons. And you know, I, the irony that is there is uh shield doesn't have a ton of energy weapons. So <laughs> it's, um, it's interesting, but yeah, your iron man's your Hawkeyes. They're going to go to town on that turn for sure. Oh yeah. It's, it's going to be disgusting. I really like the idea of this character. I am a little scared about the, uh, too hot to handle. It's interesting. Uh, it is interesting. It might be a little bit better uh, way to handle it than how Felicia handles it right now. But, <laughs> you know, you got to be within two. He is a very, like you said, fragile character. So mm-hmm. you're, you've got to put him at risk to uh, get them to drop the asset token. That's good. It's going to cost three power. That's good. You know, maybe maybe a little bit better way to handle this this new asset token thing we're in. Than yeah, just like just taking him. Yeah, just taking it and then being able to long move away. Yeah, because essentially you got to look at this as this is three power to play this, but it's really four power if you want to pick it up with him. And I don't know how many mm-hmm. assets you want to pick up with him because it seems like he's kind of a, a battle mage of sorts in the fight right. and he's going to days and he's going to drop stuff so something to think about but i i do like the balance here where it's like oh too hot to handle that's the same as miles spender at range two his venom blast that costs three except miles gets an attack before the auto drop so yeah this is like a weaker version of miles's great spender but we know how hard 
building power on Miles is building power in the sky will be a lot easier. <laughs> so they had I, to balance it somehow. So. Don't make don't give him a spender before this. Just make it a, a superpower, which I like a lot. But speaking of superpowers, Chris, he has hit and run. Um, this is pretty cool synergistically with you could do something like a beam with your burn baby burn. Oh yeah, gainer, and then you could move through the people to the objective or whatever, and then you end your activation with that controlled burn because you're ending with people you just auto incinerated essentially, or people that you incinerated with your attack before you did the hit and run. Very synergistic, very cool. Also, you could like beam first, and then you could hit and run, right? You know, and beam again, followed by a move. So yeah, there's just a lot going on. I find him really interesting character and um, something we haven't talked about yet, but I think worth mentioning. They did that cool defensive switch on us. His defenses are three physical, four energy, very uncommon for a three threat, and then two mystic. So instead of getting the three, 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 he's just your energy specialist. And I like this. I mean, is this guy going to be tech against guardians? Maybe. We will see. running rampant right now. Hey, man, kind of cool to see one of the OG factions uh, running rampant. I mean, other <laughs> than Avengers, you know, but Avengers is that catch all faction that just everybody's in there. Yeah. Steve's <laughs> Steve's leadership is always going to be a top tier leadership. So, yeah, it's Never neat to away. see yeah. um, one of the more specialized non catch all OG leaderships. Oh, if this guy's not affiliated with Avengers, people will definitely still be playing him in Avengers. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Um, but he could very well be affiliated Avengers. Time will tell. We'll see. But um, yeah, I just find it very cool. And you and I have even touched on Jim Hammond a little bit in our Vision episode. Yes. There's a lot of connective tissue between the amalgamation of Vision back, like Vision back then amalgamating and transforming into something else in the future you know like there's a lot of retconning and uh, involves this character as well so if you haven't checked that out check out our vision episode but chris we're not here to talk about shield today as much as i'd like to talk about mm-hmm. my games with shield lately i even though i certainly will in the future especially after the howling commandos fury senior and jim Hammond oh, yeah. come out but we're back in convocation and we are talking about ancient one today a very interesting character and a crucial piece of the convocation puzzle And I think we just got to get right into it. Fury's Finest is sponsored by Discount Games, Inc. Go to discountgamesinc.com for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy our show, consider supporting us with a monthly contribution, which gets you access to our patron discord. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. This week, we want to send a very special shout out to John Luca, our patron of the week. Yes, we finally got to John Luca, who's been a uh, mainstay of the patron discord for some time and a powerful player. He's really good. And Secret Wars League. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, both. Shout out to John Luca recently, who was on the Aegis Brand Studio Canadian Battle Report channel on YouTube recently, and he was repping Web Warriors on that channel. So go check that game out. But Chris, we cannot do this show without our Avenger producers, Rusty, Dylan, Nathan, Brian, and Rich. Thank you, Avengers. Thank you so much, Avengers. All right, Chris, let's get over to Ancient One lore. That's right, Jesse. We are talking about one of the very interesting four threats in the game at the moment. And the Ancient One is a kind of interesting lore character. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's kind of back and forth for me here. But the Ancient One, you know, a, an extremely long-serving Sorcerer Supreme, really kind of brought the Sorcerer Supreme title back into prominence uh, early on uh, in their uh, kind of history. We also have a, uh, a case of a character here that is portrayed completely different 
on screen from how they are portrayed in the comics. Kind of like an essence of. Yeah, I do believe the essence of the character is the same uh, in in both, but we do get uh, you know a non Asian non male actor playing the ancient ones so it's different from how he's characterized in the comics for sure the ancient ones first appearance is in strange tales number 110 this is july 1963 right around that same time period we got clea we just talked about exactly it's almost it's almost as if these characters were created for the doctor strange mythology so they yep. had to be brought in around the time he was. Uh, and I mean, that's that's true to this day. Uh, the Ancient One has been around for that long. A, a, what, 65 years, something like that at time of recording. But the Ancient One has not done a lot in Marvel comics. Once again, and, and much like Clea and, and other characters we've discussed, just made for Doctor Strange, kind of a Doctor Strange accoutrement. Someone had to give him the title Sorcerer Supreme. There had to be a Sorcerer Supreme before him. The Ancient One, Yao, is who we get. Yao is born, seriously, a millennia ago. He's born in a village in the Himalayas, now Tibet. Uh, He's a peaceful farmer, but this is the Marvel 616. So, Jesse, you know he had to be a costumed hero before the heroic age of superheroes. Before he had any powers, he was the vigilante, the spirit leopard. And I think that is an extremely cool name. At, during the day, he's a peaceful farmer. At night, he is the spirit leopard protecting the village. But eventually, he's going to seek the mystic arts. And he's going to move to the city, Karmatage. In Karmatage, he will train, will become a very powerful magic user, and he will train and work with another magic user named Kalu. Yao and Kalu will cast a very powerful spell on Karmatage, giving all the inhabitants immortality, a disease-free, pain-free life. Every it is literally utopia. But of course, all all good things must come to an end. Kalu is going to attempt to turn these folks, these innocent villagers, into his own immortal army, and he's going to start attacking uh, villages or, uh, near and around with the eventual goal of taking over the world. Of course. But to do this, he's going to have to restrain Yao, and Yao will eventually break free and banish Kalu into a magical artifact you may have heard of before, and that is the Sidorak. Mm. He banishes Kalu to the dimension of Sidorak, but Yao does not touch the Sidorak crystal, and it will go undiscovered for hundreds and hundreds of years until, of course, Juggernaut shows up and oh, takes and the crystal... To become the Juggernaut. So, Yao's going to have some adventures, some travels. He's going to fight Dormammu. He's going to... I mean, he's just... He's going to be around. He's going to take on a few students. Not many. Um, almost every student he takes on does end up becoming a supervillain, which I find incredibly suspect. Uh, until, mm. we, until we get to Strange, of course. Yeah. But 
I mean, he's Aaron got Mordo. Shout out. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's not just Mordo. There's like two before him. Mordo, of course, probably be being the most powerful one. But it is interesting, Jesse. I'm glad you brought Mordo up there. Mordo will come to the Ancient One a little bit before Strange. And by a little bit, I mean this in context. We're talking about a thousand-year-old being. So, you know, 20, 30 years before Strange, I think. Strange is a child, basically, when Mordo comes to the Ancient One. And unlike the previous students that would turn into supervillains, the Ancient One would recognize Mordo's kind of lust for power and potential for evil. So the Ancient One took Mordo on as a student to kind of keep an eye on him. The evil Mm -hmm. I know is greater than the the evil I, you know, off in the darkness doing doing whatever. The who's watching the Watchmen? Yada yada yada. Of course, Mordo. We know this story. Mordo is going to try to become the Sorcerer Supreme, try to become the number one student, number one star pupil. Try to be good, yeah, too. (laughs) I mean, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Or was he trying to fool, yeah, the ancient one? I'm not sure there. But we all know what ends up happening because Yao, the ancient one, is the Sorcerer Supreme and such a powerful being. And we know through our conversations about Doctor Strange that Sorcerer Supremes have a real habit of kind of going back and forth through time. Mm-hmm. So Yao is going to know before he ever meets Mordo that it is not Mordo that is going to succeed him. It is Stephen Strange. He's simply waiting on Strange to show up. Uh, he already knows what's going to happen. So we do know the story from when strange shows up, go listen to our other two Dr. Strange episodes. If you want to hear a little bit more about that. So that's going to take us through, uh, yeah, kind of biting the dust. Dr. Strange taking on the role of sorcerer Supreme, but yeah, going to be going to become kind of a cosmic entity after this. He's passing going away to, in this life. I mean, he, I mean, it's literally some Yoda stuff, man. I mean, he becomes yeah. a force ghost, kind of shows up to, to guide Steven when needed, uh, mm-hmm. things of this nature. This is going to take us to the end of our, our, our short story here today, but eventually Yao is going to be returned to the mortal plane, to the mortal coil, and he's going to start teaching at Strange Academy. And I'm going to skip a little bit here, Jesse. That's going to bring me to my comic book recommendation, Strange Academy, Volume 1. Just read it. But Just read it. <laughs> You know, to kind of to kind of wrap Yao up, uh, he is a character that I see them kind of trying to use more to kind of right the wrongs of the uh, just. I mean, originally Yao was kind of a bunch of tropes today that would be uh, not considered tasteful at the very least. Uh, so I see, you know, Marvel's kind trying kind of trying to rectify that a little bit, and and props to them for that. But at the same time, all of that given. Just the character of Yao, the, the ancient one, at this moment, I just really just there as an, you know, to compliment Strange. It's just kind of a, an, a, uh, an extension of the Strange character in a lot yeah, of ways. A master. Exactly. Master the, the, the master strange, people yeah. and uh, thing. But I, I really do think we're, so like I said, with a couple other convocation members, I think this character is just ready just ripe to be picked off the vine and, and thrown into some really, really cool stuff and really explored and fleshed out. And I, I think that'll be 
pretty cool. I hope. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. And continuing on with our lore here, the Ancient One has been in two films of the MCU. That's Doctor Strange 1 and Avengers Endgame, Mm -hmm. played by the wonderful Tilda Swinton, who delivers a great performance, but more importantly, captures that sort of ethereal feature we're talking about why they cast Charlize as Clea. There's a level of wisdom and power there's a reason she gets a lot of the roles she's gotten over the years and stuff, you know, and it's it's more than just acting chops. It's also more importantly presence for a character like this, you know, she has a lot of presence and we even, you know, in Dr. Strange one, you know, minor spoilers here, but it's like, we even get that Yoda sort of relationship you're talking about, Chris, where it's like, and it's also Marvel poking at the history of the comics too, where Strange is talking to all the masters in the room, except her, because she's this one serving tea to people. He assumes she's a servant or something. And Yoda's been there the whole time. And, and, you know, here's Luke Luke saying, take me to Yoda, take me to Yoda. And Yoda's saying, eventually I'll take you to Yoda. (laughs) You know, he's being, (laughs) and um, the ancient one's been observing him the whole time. And it's, it's, great and i honestly wish they could have drugged that out a little bit longer because kind of a kind of a kind of a theme going here for uh strange and being observed by uh others uh, of power to make sure that he is you know legit absolutely yeah and she gives a great performance and she also teaches him how to astral project which is a main feature of her power in a lot of ways and also the mirror dimension big part of yes, this huge this this ancient one is teaching strange the mirror dimension and the mirror dimension harness it the mirror dimension is massive in in, in mm-hmm. the MCU. Yeah, just it really huge. Is. So without all these features, and also of course the keep the original keeper, the Eye of Agamotto, before Strange, there's so many facets to her character before it gets to him. Her performance is great, and I was nice to see her return in Endgame. And basically, Banner talks to her and says, "Well." The Sorcerer Supreme in the future is the one who said we should do this, and he actually sacrificed his life to Thanos for the one opportunity, potential chance to, you know, stop Thanos in the timeline. So she ends up giving up the Word of Agamotto to Banner, you know, from because she knows that that sort of foresight you talked about, Chris. She knows that Stephen Strange is coming one day, right? And he's going to do great things, and she has to just trust that her time has passed in this future that Banner's coming from. And then she just has to trust that the future Sorcerer Supreme would not make that kind of mistake. And uh, it was the right decision that she made. It was. We could see more of her in the MCU. I I think so. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we get some Force Ghostage. uh, And I wouldn't be surprised if they bring her back somehow. Good cameos, too. She's also in Marvel's What If, of course, in the Strange Century episodes. So a pivotal character to Strange's story and a pivotal character and member of the convocation because she is one of the original masters, right? That kind of tie a lot of glue to a lot of these pupil characters. And in, in the fleshing, some of the more recent fleshing outs of the character, you know, the ancient one in, in the comics, he kind of, he touches on a lot of stories retroactively, you Mm, know, kind of in fleshing out the character. There's run-ins here and there of some of the older legacy characters in Marvel. Of course, that's all new inventions and, and, and new additions to the canon. None of that was thought of when the characters were, but that's part of what makes characters good, right? Moon Knight didn't get awesome, awesome until what, the 90s? Right. And that's part of what makes comics awesome, too, because there's a lot of building and retconning yes. to service the characters. You know, there's a lot of things that we see in that. So, um, and, yeah, and just rebranding sense. and characters growing and attitudes changing and, 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, Hard resets, X Men. <laughs> right, it's still crazy. It's still crazy. I know. I I need to get caught up on all that. But yeah. anyway, anyway, yeah, it, that's just kind of one of the features of this crazy kind of unique invention that is pulp writing. Uh, yeah, you you really the medium just, itself. Yeah, you see it in in comic books and I mean manga, which is comics. Yep. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a very interesting kind of unique facet of storytelling that you just don't get in other mediums because of the pulp nature. Just these these everlasting characters that are going to be handed off from creator to creator uh, it, to evolve with you know society and everything. And we'll see if the ancient one uh, gets brought into that kind of distinct and proud tradition. Absolutely, perfectly said. All right, Chris, well, let's move on to Ancient One in Marvel Christ Protocol because she's a very interesting character. I think she's really good. Her name is Ancient One. Her alter ego is Ancient One. So interesting they went this route with this with mm-hmm. the alter ego. It makes a lot of sense because it is the more modern Ancient One. On her healthy side, she has a stamina of six. And on her injured side, she has a stamina of six, giving her 12. She's a s- small base with a medium move, average height, and a threat cost of four. Her defenses are two physical, three energy, Five mystic. What do you think, Chris? Too physical, scary, man. Uh, it really is. But I mean, she, it's not. I, it's not as bad as it looks, though. Exactly. If you. if there's one thing I've learned, it's when taking these mystic characters into account, it, you cannot judge the book by its uh, cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's always a lot of text to kind of improve these what would seemingly be obvious flaws. Right. And we just know the nature of Marvel Christ Protocol and how Bingo. the defense dice are worse than the attacking dice. And um, it's smarter people than us have done the math on this, but it's very different from like a two physical defense to a three physical defense, as opposed like to a four dice attack to a five dice attack, right? Like that's right. a bigger jump to a five dice attack as opposed to two physical, like two defense to three defense. Like the defense dice, you really need to get into like the plus four dice and area and like four or higher to even have worthwhile like super consistent defense outside of superpowers which we'll get to on the ancient one but don't be as scared by the two physical kind of like i said in our carnage episode yeah carnage has some terrible defenses but he has 14 health at the end of the day you know and 14 health is a lot she has 12 nothing to scoff at and what's better than dice guaranteed health but chris she's got three attacks so i'm gonna talk about these real quick because they're pretty interesting, and we'll just uh, jump back and forth here. So her first attack is a mystic attack called the Shards of the Seraphim. It's a range 2, strength of 5, zero power cost attack. After the attack is resolved, Ancient One gains power equal to the damage dealt and has a wild pierce. Change one of the defending characters, crit, wild, or block to a blank. I love pierce. I love it so much. Yeah, we know Pierce is, once again, mathematically tough, but... It's not the best. I just love it. No, it's really good. Especially it is really good. On a builder, it's amazing. Well, yeah, being able to cancel out, turn that into more power. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's it's awesome. I mean, Laura Kenny has a five dice builder with Pierce in one reroll. So, like, Ancient One's just right behind her, you know? But the coolest part is this is Mystic, so Mm -hmm. I am ecstatic. But moving on, she has a second mystic attack called the Fangs, the Ferala. It's range three, only a strength of four, power cost of zero. After this attack is resolved, Ancient One gains one power. So this is her gainer. So that guaranteed gaining power, very cool. And if this attack deals damage, after the attack is resolved, the target character gains 
the poison special condition. Poison, one of the weaker conditions in the game, but you're going to take it every time because you're basically yeah. controlling your opponent. Like you're reducing their power and what they can do to you. And that's huge. I mean, I think that's one of the better ways of dealing with Felicia right now is to try to power starve her the best you can. I mean, not a ton of ways to do that at the moment, but poison is one of those. But, you know, rogue works too. <laughs> Just blow her off the table and and her final big attack is a mystic attack called astral strike it's also range two so the same as her normal strike strength of eight love that cost of four very expensive this is an amazing attack though chris the defending character does not add critical results in its defense role to its total successes and cannot add additional dice to its defense role as a result of critical results so crits don't count and you can't explode them, so just treat them as off That's the wild. table. I was going to say blank, but blank is you can do something else with them. Just treat them as invisible. If this attack deals damage, after the attack is resolved, the target character gains the stagger special condition. This is her way to deal with big characters. In this mm-hmm. It's cool. It's good. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. I got, I got, I got nothing, to, nothing bad to say here. Yeah, she's uh, hitting you real hard. This is yes. one of the better spenders in the game for a character of this price point you know so especially with malekith in the game now absolutely so just like i mentioned this is a good way to deal with big characters i mean malekith is no he's not safe from this you know dormammu is because he can't be staggered and he has a lot of health theme is right there but like someone like a hulk or something or a malekith watch out you know watch out ancient one can uh, do a bunch of damage to you and put a stagger on you you know she can maybe daze you from this too because if she spikes really well and you spike average or below and then you roll into some crits that don't count for anything. You're taking some damage. You're taking some damage. But Chris, you want to start us off on her superpowers because she has a few. Her first superpower is an active superpower. It is the Mists of Hogoth will cost two power. Place the Ancient One within range two of its current position. This superpower can only be used once per turn. I mean... Amazing. Yeah, it's just really good. It's just super solid. It's going to help you get double attacks off. And with a character that's throwing as many dice uh, with as many good things behind those dice and and supporting text, that's awesome. Just pure and yeah, simple. Yeah, she doesn't. Yeah, of course. I mean, we've talked about how good movement abilities in this game without taking action are. And this is no different. This one's shorter because it's only range two, but you're going to love it. And it's also a cool way to like reposition yourself defensively too. You know, like say someone pushes or pulls your character out of position, you could do some strikes and then teleport her back to her position and kind of be parked on that point, which is something she likes to do, which we'll get to in a bit. Her next superpower is a reactive superpower called the winds of Watum. It costs three power. When this character is targeted by attack, it may use this superpower. So targeted. So even before the opponent picks up or rolls dice, but they've declared the attack, push the attacking enemy character towards ancient one short. This is a um, harder to use Gwen's web line, but very cool because it happens outside of your activation. So like, yeah, it's harder to use, but at the same time, this is one of those things that's kind of um, a little bit of tech against range characters, right? That are kind of sitting on a point and just gunlining you, and they want to stay on that point. You pull them to her, uh, you pull them off their point, yeah, they're still going to attack her, but now they have to make a decision after this tax resolves. And hey. there's something coming up that makes this better. <laughs> well, and that also might put them within range to get that fangs of Ferala off on them next turn. Exactly, exactly. So let's move on to her, the first of the Ancient One's innate superpowers this is keeper of the eye of agamotto when the ancient one is making a defense or dodge roll it may re-roll up to two of its defense or dodge dice additionally during the power phase the ancient one gains one additional 
power. We love, love it. We love to it. see it. Adds that, a lot of validity, Chris, to that place from the Mist of Ho- Hogoth. I was going to say, sure. Mist of Hogoth is online, first activation, round one. Sure. Nothing to complain about there. Yeah, and this also can enable some plays where it's like, depending on how your opponent plays round one or round two, like you could move her up, and then you could Mist of Hogoth her, and then you could Fangs of Pharrell to guarantee to gain one power, and but also get an attack off on somebody, which is unusual round one in this game, right. and then interact with an objective or a pay-to-flip or something. There's a lot of things going on with something like this where she's essentially Asgardian, where it's like getting two power is very powerful. We've seen it, you know, and people like Danny Rand, like there is just a value mm-hmm. to being able to interact with two things round one, and she can do that too, because she could maybe pick up an objective and then move to a pay-to-flip objective and try to flip it, right? So there's a lot of things that she could do with that two power just round one but chris the first part of this very deceptive because now it's almost like her dice are i'm not going to say two more each but it's almost like they're one more each because skulls happen things bad things happen but let's just say for argument's sake they're like one and a half each more right so that puts her to like three and a half four and a half six and a half on mystic you just don't want to attack her with mystic right (laughs) You yeah, don't. you just stay away with the you just mystic. Don't. You just yeah. don't. Yeah. Um, she's got her own spidey sense. That's very cool. So if you trained yourself like I have over the over time playing this game, Miles, Peter Parker, they get to re-roll their two dice. She's the same way. She's got her own version of spidey sense with the eye of Agamotto. She's rewinding time just a little bit. She's not doing the full rewind like Strange does. We pick up every dice, but pretty cool. Well, yeah, she's I mean, let's let's face it, she's she's safer. Mm-hmm. As as a sorcerer supreme, a little uh, more trained. Uh, uh, seen man, things. Strange is so he's such a maverick out there. He's like uh, reminds <laughs> me is. of you remember. I mean, this will date me, but do you remember when uh, Brett Favre was playing? Vaguely, how yes. everybody would talk Figures. about him as uh, yeah. the gunslinger. You know, because he throws <laughs> as many picks as he did touchdowns, but for some reason, everyone venerated him and and just held him on the yeah. I mean, he just sorry. he was breaking the. You know, strange break the pattern man. A little he's bit. breaking yeah. the pattern. Yeah, strange is. I I just think he's a little irresponsible. Yeah, but he's also massively talented, right? And oh, I know. He, he always, it always ideas works. that he cooks up ideas that no one's ever thought of because of this combination of his. You know what I mean? His overconfidence. It's, it's a double-edged his, sword, man. You know, it's it's good and that's, bad. That's why we love it's, his character because they always come back to it. And they always come back to it. <laughs> the repercussions of these things. Closing out. Ancient One's card, if we didn't think she could get any tankier and more defensive, she does. She gets Martial Artist when this character is defending against a physical or energy attack, targeting it within range two. This character adds blanks in its defense rolls to his total successes. You know, Chris, that that two physical dice, it's not as scary anymore, you know? No, uh, it's not. She can count blanks. If she gets lucky and she crits into some stuff, she can do her own little spidey sense and reroll some to kind of get better results too. So, um, yeah, she's a very very defensive character but when she's ready to hit hard she hits really hard she just kind of needs to get a little power now tell me if i'm wrong here jesse but she the ancient one just screams to me Mm -hmm. hold down a flank like one-on-one i'll take on anybody i'm built for this let's go 100 percent. which very evocative of her in the mcu and then even ancient one in comics it is sort of that (laughs) thing we've already alluded to a little bit throughout this series that sort of like jedi thing right where it's like you know just kind of holding aside and and buying the rest of the team time and and 
maybe even winning that side eventually. But if she can hold off more than she can chew, I feel like she's winning you the game, right? Like if she's if she's dealing with a three threat and a and a two threat, you know, a little bit more threat on the side of the table, and she's winning or she's at least holding even parity, I think that's really good, and that's what she's kind of here to do. And I don't think you're going to send her. She is good to send in the main scrum. Like I've had a lot of success putting her on the researcher, right? But typically. You're right. She is going to want one of those side C points or something, right? By herself. And she probably doesn't need backup. All very cool stuff. Very cool stuff. Yeah. A character that can can hold down a side and let you overload the other side or middle or wherever the fight yeah. is happening. The ability to overload because this four threat, this these two activations are going to be enough to keep this side yeah. under control. And like you said, not always winning, not always dominating, but just under control. Mm-hmm. So the rest of your team can clean up, mop up, do whatever they need to do. Absolutely. And you mentioned control. She does have a little bit of control, which a is little bit. good too. Like she gives out poison. She gives out stagger with her spender. She can place herself with the mists of Hogoth. And she also has her little wet. She has her own little web warrior type pull. Right. With the Winds of Watum, which amazing ability because it has no size restriction. Keep that in mind. <laughs> it also, yeah, it also discourages, you know, if you are holding, using the Ancient One to hold a flank, it discourages, you know, mm-hmm. those bullseyes, it, it, you know, Hawkeyes, those long yeah. range characters from taking pot shots at the Ancient One because as long, if you've got the power, you're clearly going to use it to disrupt their team, disrupt mm-hmm. their gun line, try to pull them out of position so you can capitalize on that. So just, it's a cool little thing to help mm-hmm. keep the fight as you know fair, quote unquote. Yeah, because her only weakness is, is range, essentially. So if she can get them in her bubble, that range two, range three kind of bubble and go to town, you know, she can really do a lot of damage, especially because all her attacks are mystic and some characters, frankly, just are not good against defending against mystic. So the winds of Watum, I kind of hinted at a little bit ago, but it's also a way to guarantee you get your martial artists off too, right? If somebody's mm, just outside of that right. range too, you can pull them in, guarantee you're counting all your blanks, which is huge on a character that has good defenses with a bunch of rerolls on her dice on defense. Yeah, it's disrupting their plan, but it's also kind of turning on your defenses, which is also disrupting their plan because hopefully you're denying them power building and damage. So I find it very cool, Chris, and nothing changes on her backside, nothing at all. So she's the same character on both sides. But yeah, she when you when you read her card, you, you're like, this seems good, but I don't think you you say it seems simple, but you're like, oh, she's just, you know, she's just a solid she's just good, but, Yeah. And that's an okay thing for characters to be, but there is more to her character than just that thought. And it's hard to understand that till you get around the table, especially in her affiliated teams, because in that convocation with the Ironbound books where she's got Mystic Defense of five for a round with two rerolls, right? Or she's got access to all their cards, right? Which just up her mobility, some of them up her mobility, some of them up her damage for like a slow character like this. That's huge with the mobility, with the damage, with the character that can hit this hard. That's huge. Like with their card we talked about recently, which is, you know, the plane of Poldock, where all characters this round get to reroll all mystic attack dice, right? Like it's yeah, dark rain. It's just crazy. Nuts. She's yeah. nuts with that card. So, and you're going to want to use that to get that astral strike off. Yeah. Oh, like, man. Who, kn- who knows like how many dice just, is going to be then, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's just, and if hopefully you've chosen Ancient One into, you know, a uh, 
an affiliation that's not so hot at taking on the mystic <laughs> dice. There you go. Look, man, that's the dream. It is the dream. And Bucky's a menace in the game right now, so she could deal with him. He's got terrible like misdefense. He's got terrible misdefense. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool things going on here, but we're going to talk about a card that comes in her box that is, I think, really good with her. And continue our Convocation Tactics card discussion. Astral Ring, Convocation Active, so as to be during your turn. At the start of a Convocation character's activation, before you've taken any actions, this Convocation character may spend two power to play this card. Place a projection token within three of the character that paid the power. When measuring angles of this character's attacks or superpowers, measure from the projection token instead this round. This character does not contest objectives normally. Instead, now the projection token contests all objectives as if it were this character. While the projection token is in play, this character cannot be advanced or placed. Remove the projection token during the next cleanup phase of the game. This was made for Ancient One, Chris. This it's is so uh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the with, theme. with the awesome, <laughs> and, well, not only the theme, but you think about the actual gameplay on the table. She's such a, a, a brawler. She wants to be within range, too. Absolutely. So just project yourself within range, too, and just wail, baby. <laughs> That's right. It also keeps her safe. You yes. Know? So, so her main body is back on another point, scoring safely. And you got to attack it if you want to get to, yeah. Bingo. Yeah. And that, proje- meanwhile, that projection's just, just going dishing, down. just dishing. Yeah. And this could be a cool, one of those scenarios too, where it's like on those maps that are really tightly focused, but you don't really want to send her way into yes. the fray. Like she can be scoring a back point potentially, and then teleport her astral form up the table and be fighting in the middle. Right. And just be scoring and, and doing good stuff. So I, I love it. I think it's, a pretty essential convocation card if you intend on playing a lot of ancient one because she's really good with this, but um, it's also good with other members of the team. I do think she's one of the best of it because all her stuff's online at range two. Yeah. It just makes so much sense. And she's slow. Voodoo Strange, Mordo, they don't have charges either, but they're all medium sized bases, right? So they all just move faster. That medium sized um, base is, is so big. Right. And we haven't talked about it yet. And it's something that was obviously a design choice, but ancient one does not have flight. Right. So. That also makes her slower too. It just makes her an average mover, a medium mover with no flight. So I think you're going to take this card a lot with her and you're going to try it out. And it's it's just so satisfying to like astral ring yourself in the middle of the board and then astral strike a big character and stagger them, right? Like something mm, like that. And dude, then yeah. also just build some power with some, just some regular strikes like with Pierce, you know? So cool. It's just so cool. And uh, it can win games too, because keep in mind this scores you stuff. So you could like project yourself with this card, this astral ring to like a more aggressive secure, right? That you can't right. reach, but your opponent wasn't ready for it because you use the mists of Hogoth to place yourself. And then you use this. So like essentially you did a range five move, right? With some base sizes on top of that, which make it more than range five. And uh, now your body, your body, I say your scoring body is somewhere else and uh, your opponent wasn't ready for it. And it's very, very cool. And um, I understand why it's convocation only because it's very evocative of the convocation. Ancient one can't do it outside of their team, but that's okay. Chris, moving on, we close out our lore like we always do and talk about the teams that this character exists. And ancient one is on convocation. We've already talked about that. She's also on the defenders. And with you and I talking about defenders a lot lately, I think when the defenders get more cards in a second leader one day, like we're just going to see more of her and that team. I mean, why wouldn't we? Because absolutely. 
changing her attack type to whatever she wants under Strange's leadership and adding Hex onto what this attack is. Huge. Pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm sure pentagram strats are coming back in the future, right? Where the, you're using the pentagrams and defenders and mm-hmm. her going through a pentagram portal and coming out in the middle of the table and just be ready to be in that range too. Could also you imagine huge. though? Could you imagine doing the pentagrams with being able to do with that tactics card with the astral ring? Oh. That's probably why it's reined in. Oh, yeah. absolutely. That's exactly why it's convocation only and rightfully so. But, you know, a boy can dream. It's true. She's amazing convocation. I think she's maybe not your initial go-to for like Voodoo is in most situations, but she is your immediate second go-to for. And that's a big deal because... You're going to use her and Voodoo both in a lot of different situations. And sometimes use them both at the same time on the table all the time. You know, this convocation are kind of a more expensive faction with higher threat models. And that's just kind of how it is. And you're, it's a facet of their play style. So she's going to be in your 10 and you're going to play her a lot. And I really look forward to her being in defenders more in the future, Chris, like a lot. Yeah, me too. But we got to talk about your favorite segment of the show, some places that she could just be fun, right? Or really good. So any team where you need a defensive side point character, she's not bad. Like something like Asgard, this is a defensive team already, or Web Warriors, these teams that are super defensive, and then you add a defensive character in their team, and like, let's say in Asgard situation, they lose conditions or they heal. Or in the Web Warrior situation, she's now rerolling three defense dice every turn, right? Under Miles' leadership. There's a lot of cool things going on there. But I think there's, of course, validity to running her in Avengers. We always talk about this every time. Yeah. Anytime a character has abilities you're going to use all the time, like this Miss of Hogoth where you place yourself, I mean, that's helpful. And she also has the reactive superpower of the Winds of Watoom, where she pulls people during your opponent's turn, which, of course, reprocs the Steve leadership again. So anytime a character has responses, they're really good in Steve Avengers. So I think it's kind of untapped that people haven't played her in Steve, but it's because Steve is surrounded by all these other amazing four threats. Right. I mean, the, the main Steve team right now that you see in the meta is is Steve plus the best four threats in the game. and The best three threats, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know that Ancient One breaks into that. Uh, but she might with Malekith on the rise. Exactly. I think you might start seeing her because of that. Interesting timing on the episode coming out, you know, mm-hmm. with Malekith just kind of entering the world. Yeah. Uh, at time of recording. So we need more uh, staggers in the world. We need more. We, we absolutely need a little text. bit more control in the world right now, but I am, I am very scared of the control meta because they get very <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> Absolutely, Chris. Now, some other fun places, obviously, just theme-wise, she's fun to play in the Dark Dimension because Dormammu's got her under his control, which he's done before, but also she gets three power a turn in Dark Dimension, and she's always placing herself. She's always getting the spender off when she's ready, you know? like There's things like that that are really cool, but I think the last place I'll mention her is something like in Humans, where passing power is paramount because she's a character who gains a lot of power each turn, but also she is not bad in something like Midnight Suns. We've talked about like they sometimes lack defensive characters. They you typically have only attrition characters. So she can kind of fill some holes there. And also, you know, try her in A-Force. Somebody do that. Like give her I was, more power. I was going to say, I was going to bring that up. I really was hoping that you hadn't thought of that one so that so that I could get that in there. But yeah, I've been thinking about her in A-Force this whole time. And yes, mm. please try it. And I saved the worst for last, Chris, because I know you... I'm just so excited about it, but pretty good model in Criminal Syndicate. Yeah. 
I mean, defensive absolutely shores up some of their weaknesses of not having really a lot of mystic attacks outside of hood with his pistols. I know they have Modoc, but typically criminals these days want to play four threats or less. They just yeah. they just want to go wider and be bodies on the table. And she is a body on the table. I mean, she is defensive and hits hard when you get in her come into her range. And the way you deal with criminals is you go to them and deal damage to them so they become injured. So you have to come into her range. So I think that's kind of an untapped thing people haven't tried is playing her in criminals more. And I think, you know, she's just one of those models like hard to play, but super solid. And sometimes people just shy away from those, you know, understandably so, because sometimes it's tough, but she's got displacement. She's got control stuff that criminals like, you know? So, I mean, try her out in the criminal syndicate and see what that's like. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Follow the show online. Find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's Finest at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, or collaborations. And leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. If you listen to us on Spotify and have not yet left us a review, or and if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts and you have not yet left us a review, those are the two big ones. Helps us out a lot. But Everyone else has been leaving podcasts and other platforms. We we see you, and we thank you for that as well. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our show's music. Help spread the word about our show. Rate, review, and subscribe. And like Jesse said, guys, you're awesome. Just yeah. please please keep it up, and uh, I promise we will as well. Yeah, and actually the best thing you can do for the show and the community is not leave us a review. It's word of mouth, Chris. There's new people getting into the game every day right now. The game is getting absolutely huge. I, I get messages from you listeners all the time that are like, hey, I just started listening to the show, just brand new to the game. Someone told me about it. So thank you to people who have done that and also, you know, help people find the show and help this game grow because, you know, we've got a big backlog of episodes that uh, get you excited about characters and uh, teach you how to play those characters. And we've tried to make this as evergreen content as we possibly can with that in mind, with players coming in at different intervals throughout the game's life cycle and not being a just flavor of the month, meta of the month type podcast. And that's a decision we made early on. And so if you're new here, thanks for listening and uh, thanks for spreading the word. We truly, truly, truly do appreciate it. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T. Jesse, where can they find you? You can also find me on Twitter at Jesse Aiken. That's J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N. Well, Chris, we did another convocation episode. It's fun. It's really fun to frame the concepts of this team around that thing I mentioned last episode where it's like every member of the convocation has been some form of a Sorcerer Supreme or the Sorcerer Supreme. We're coming up on magic soon. She has been the Sorcerer Supreme of Limbo, but she's also been like a stand-in. Like there's a lot going on, you know? And I find that going on where it's like we got different Sorcerer Supremes of different dimensions and realms, but then we also have like the Sorcerer Supreme, which has been taken on by Strange mainly. But obviously there's people that have had it before and after Strange or people that have just held the title for a, a given time. I mean, Wong is the Sorcerer Supreme in the MCU right now, you know? <laughs> it's It's just cool stuff like that. I love that. I absolutely love that. I do too, and I love how it's made him and Wong grow in positive ways. You know, they've got Absolutely. a great relationship. Yeah, the two Benedicts have a great on-screen relationship, and I love it so much. Love to see it. But that was another episode of the Convocation. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Join us on this path as we finish the Convocation and jump into some new series soon. Thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. 
world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 